When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Sidekick, psychic Josh Landy is in Soho House, as is his wont these days. It's the replica of Soho House that he's based his house on, listeners. One of our many glorious running jokes. And we are joined by the, I would say, the most controversial of our many recurring guests. And he's lived up to his reputation by tweeting this earlier today, 10.38am, a good time to remind everyone that Jose Mourinho is a much better football manager than Arsene Wenger, as it does seem a lot of our fans do doubt that fact, and like coming out of the woodwork on and take enjoyment in days like this. Days like today, sorry. Uh, that was Alan on the uh, this morning's news, on a, on a packed day for news, let's face it, that Jose Mourinho has been sacked by Spurs. So he may be better than Arsene Wenger. Not good enough for Spurs, though, seemingly. Um, and, of course, mm. oh, my God, the fucking European Super League. We've got to talk about that. And, I mean, we haven't had a podcast since our triumphant um, victory last week in Prague. And we've got yesterday's game to talk about. Oh, where to begin? Josh, where do we want to begin? I'm leaving up to you to decide where to begin. Well, I feel like the bigger news surrounding Arsenal Football Club is is the Super League, right? Like because that is the potential future of Arsenal, much more so than Jose Mourinho getting sacked or or leaving the club, and uh, more so than Arsenal reaching a Europa League semi final or salvaging a point against Fulham. So I feel we should start with this Super League story. Okay. In that case, Alan, isn't it incredible to think that uh, for me, like among the many incredible things about the European Super League story is the timing of it. Because we're gearing up to play, you know, in the semi-final of the Europa League. But that that kind of becomes completely irrelevant if this European Super League has any legs whatsoever, have any chance of actually existing. 
So who gives a shit about winning the European Super League if Arsenal's future is being part of this closed shop um, Super League? What do you think of the whole grotesque situation? I'm slowly coming to terms with all the different things that it impacts and mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about how it takes the only two games we've got left to enjoy this season and possibly negates all the enjoyment that we can get out of them because, you know, uh, winning the European trophy is obviously a big thing and it's something that we've only managed to do with the regularity of once every about 50 years as a a club in our history. So um, it's not to be sniffed at, but the bigger prize... And the setup from the Europa League has obviously been that you have um, this, this prize of Champions League football next season and a way of getting into the elite if you haven't achieved it by your league place, which strangely is obviously the whole point of this um, this European Super League. The, the, the one thing about the Europa League is that, you know, if you have earned it by being the best of that second tier competition, you deserve your chance next season. And I think this is the key thing. It's all about earning something rather than being given something. Now, even in any walk of life, let alone uh, football or business or anything like that, earning something is far more rewarding than being handed something. There's, there's, you know, it's it's perfect, perfectly within human nature that um, you, you'll enjoy things far more when you earn them. And as a football club and as football fans, that has to be the whole point of doing this. Um, you know, there are teams that get relegated down leagues time after time, year after year, but the successes are the things that they're there for and, and they make up for that. And there's also a very clear system of how you earn the right to be a big club again or how you earn the right to be in another league again. And that's what makes it work. And um, I pointed out AFC Wimbledon in my online Guna piece today. And I think it's a key thing that even though sometimes the suits at the FA and the Football League get these things wrong, and we've seen plenty of those things down the years, the system is so good and it's so much based on uh, merit and earning your place that even AFC Wimbledon were able to start again and earn their place again Mm. because of the way this all works. So it's not just about the FA Cup where, you know, David versus Goliath games happen most of the time and you see the minnows take on the big boys. It's actually in a much slower capacity. If you've got a club that's progressing through the leagues, there's no limit to your success. And slowly just shutting all that off and saying, no, it's invite only and we don't have any promotion and relegation. It just totally takes out the joy for those people. But it will soon sap the joy for the people that are actually in the in the tent as well. It's so short-sighted, isn't it? And I and I think, um, I mean, there are so many implications. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that there's that. There's, imagine the players. So apparently, I saw it reported that um, Vinay, our, our, our guy, um, you know, talked to the players about what the implications were of this thing. But I mean, they're being told. If they watch the news, and you think at least some of them watch the news, that, you know, that the, the, um, they're being threatened with not being able to play for their country if they get if they take part in that. I mean, that must you know. Imagine imagine those players having to deal with that in the build up to, as we said, the most important. Well, what were the most important game of the season? Assuming that we're still allowed to be in in the uh, Champions League and that still exists next year. And then I wanted to mention that the most incredible thing about it for me. You see, I see a lot of people like oh, there's a lot of people on Twitter and on you know, kind of going, a lot of kind of older hands, if you like, doing that thing where they go, oh, yeah, you know, it's not like UEFA and FIFA and the Premier League, which, of course, was a breakaway league. I'm old enough to remember when it started, breaking away from the Football League. That's true. That That's true that it broke away from the Football League. It's true that Murdoch created Sky, and it's true that, you know, um, we have to have ridiculous times for football matches as fans due to the TV money and all of that, including BT. All those things are true, and we're constantly exploited, and fans don't get to say all those things are true, but this is a different, this is a step change. This is a massive, calamitous thing because it 
because it's not, it's a closed shop and it's not allowing, it's literally saying, it's literally saying Arsenal are shit right now, but it doesn't matter. We can get into this fucking European Super League, no matter how shit we are, because of, because we Arsenal, we've had some kind of history, even though we hardly make any money. I mean, you know, on any level, we're in a kind of fairly dodgy shape, and yet we're going to get into this fucking league and other teams can't get into it. And that is absolutely on a different scale to all of the things, including the creation of the Premier League. And I remember when the Premier League was created, I'm pretty sure in the very earliest days of it, there was it was kind of mooted. Uh, what maybe the um, those teams won't, there was kind of issues about relegation. Do you remember? I'm pretty sure there was some discussion yeah. at some point. Yeah. The, the threat at, yeah, at of not first, having... At first, they wanted just 22, 22 teams, I believe, and no promotional yeah. relegation. Right. Then right. they said that they would only have one spot and it would be open to a playoff each each year between the bottom club yeah. and the club at the top of the championship. And then obviously sense prevailed and it yeah, became three prevailed. up, three down. But the whole, right, but the whole defining, seemingly defining purpose of this Super League is for clubs run as shittily as ours by, by billionaire, multi-billionaires like Stan Crocker who do not give a shit is to make a huge amount of money. And let's face it, this was his long game, wasn't it? This is why he bought Arsenal. This is, this is his dream. He can, he can make billions of pounds and, and not have to have success on the pitch as a result. Josh. Yeah, well, you're right. The, the main difference here between the creation of Sky and this is that, as Alan just articulated, the promotion and relegations have changed, but they exist and uh, and they have developed. And now they exist in a very similar format to you see in the Football League, albeit with three spots rather than four, but then we've got less teams involved. So it's proportionally pretty similar to the rest of the, the football sort of pyramid below. So that is a, a huge difference. Um, I feel, and I might be getting a couple of steps ahead, that this might all end up with can FIFA really insist that the players from any clubs taking part will be banned or will not be allowed to take part in a World Cup? Because there seems to be a, a level of uncertainty whether the Premier League could really kick out these clubs and you would have to go, it would go to court and even what we have now, presumably it would have to go to an English court, you know, couldn't go to UEFA, like what the Italian clubs and Spanish clubs have under maybe EU law. I mean, the whole thing is is incredibly difficult. And I suspect that the clubs feel that they couldn't really be kicked out by their leagues if it came to it. But I think the one factor will be, do these clubs, you know, do the players have the ability to be barred from a World Club, uh, World Cup by FIFA? Because however much money you're earning, can you imagine like the Brazilian and, you know, Argentinian stars who come over to Europe not being able to play for Argentina and Brazil in a World Cup, like however much money you're on, that well, seems... I mean, Harry Kane not being allowed to play for England. Harry, I mean, you know, Harry Kane's yes, not getting of any, course, any, but I'm saying the, the, the pressure would be like so huge. That's where I think this falls down. I think if FIFA can be strong and genuinely bar claim that anyone... And, and it will be this battle of wills, won't it? Because, you know, the 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 super... The, the, this, um, these 12 clubs will be thinking, well, they can't have a World Cup without all these stars. So maybe they will relent. But if they don't, I think it, I think it falls down. And therefore, I don't know, this isn't just a negotiation play on the future of the Champions League, which a lot of people have been saying, like, you know, they're obviously about to revamp the Champions League. It's going to move to 36 teams. To have a point where you've seen Arsenal, Man City, put out statements on their websites, like whatever happens now, we will all feel a certain way to the club. Even if it next week, mm. there was another statement going, do you know what? We all looked into it a bit further. We can't do it. Sorry. I mean, we, you, not, it's not all is forgiven. This is not Spurs going, yeah, we're going to furlough our staff because everyone else is right. And then everyone piling in and going, actually shouldn't be, you know, this isn't just a PR move around a sensitive Situation. This is like a concerted way of trying to change the football landscape. Uh, and I, I don't know. It, it does. It, I mean, Alan goes to watch, you know, West Ham a lot. And I go and watch, and also you probably go to Barnet sometimes. This has made me spend a lot of time thinking about why I like Leighton Orient, honestly. Because, yeah. oh, I mean, all the elements it's a perversion of, like, that are removed. Yeah. yeah. It's a perversion of football. I mean, we were saying in our Arsenal, in our Arsenal um, WhatsApp group, Last night, you know, yeah, there were all, what other team, what team can we go and watch instead? You know, I can go and watch Brighton or Orient or 
you know, Torian. It's really lovely there. No, I used to go to Torian when I was when I was a kid. I went a few times to Torian. That was my nearest club. But Alan, do you think? I guess the big big question is, and you're you're you work in the world of sport, basically, right? You know a lot about the you know how these things work. Do you think this is the big the big question? Can has this any chance of actually happening? Like, is it? And I know I think it was a negotiating stance, partly, wasn't it? About the and that's and it's worked because they they announced today that they are changing the structure of the Champions League, including this. There was a vague phrase about it making it easier for major clubs with depending on their you know recent whatever to get into the Champions. League. I didn't fucking know what that meant, but there was some vague nod towards making it easier for big clubs to get into the Champions League and more close to get in. Sorry, Josh. I just want to come in before you go out, Alan, because on one level, I think it is easy as a renegotiation tactic, but you've seen people resign from positions. You've seen like statements put out. It's gone a bit, a bit. Oh, I know. No, no, no. Oh, I'm not. What I was going to finish saying was, I think it started out. Right. But I think it started out as, as, as a, as a negotiating element here we and are. then once the, the reality sank in that a club like Arsenal and I feel particularly from Stan Kroenke's point of view can suddenly make earn hundreds of millions more almost instantly than they are right now in this climate in the Covid climate means that he's completely loved the idea but Alan do you think it will actually happen is the question I think I think Josh's point is 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 a correct one in that these these clubs haven't haven't just tested the water with this. Again, it's not like you sometimes see in politics where you have a government that leaks a policy, sees what the reaction's like in the media, then they maybe backtrack from it or something like that. The, the, the clubs have gone ahead with it. They've tweeted it. I mean, Arsenal had... I mean, who lined that up? Who sat with a social media manager saying, oh, I, I, know. Want to, yeah. I want you to tweet this? Uh, yeah. Because in any kind of... Weld, if you're a football fan running that account, which I'm not quite sure they are anymore, but let's, you know, let's say he is a big Arsenal fan. You'd be looking up going, really? I don't think that's going to play well. Should I do that? And, uh-huh. and, and they've been made to do it. And and, um, and the, the funny thing is, is actually, you know, I, I did recommend going to Leighton Orient with to someone today. And, I've, you know, I've worked in non-league football. I've worked at, worked at quite a low level of non-league football. And, People do get enjoyment from that. And I would always say, go to your local non-league club. But I've always used it as a sort of supplement to enjoying other levels of football, along with supporting Arsenal. But I've been on here before and I've I've moaned about certain things and I've had Twitter messages or people coming back on afterwards and saying, oh, he moaned about Sweet Caroline being played. He moaned about a kid being on an iPad and not watching the game. Oh, he moaned about the fact that we've got uh, fans on Twitter that seem to be more fans of players than clubs. He, ma- he moaned about half and half scars. All of this ladders up to it, yeah? If you sort of allow all these things to happen, then eventually this is what you get. You get customers, not fans, and you get uh, a situation that can always be manipulated against even the most hardcore set of fans to the point where it will suddenly swing so far the other way that those people will be in a minority. They possibly are now, uh, certainly not at our away games, things like that. I think, you know, we we, we, we maintain a proper um, supporter base at, at away games and things like that. But actually at the Emirates now, there are a lot of people with a few quids in their pockets who will live in those nice little suburbs around like Hampstead and Highbury and Islington and places like that. And they're very happy to have a, a nice little season ticket with their kids at, uh, at their local Premier League club and turn up and watch a game, they'll go home, they probably won't even look at the away result the following week, and if we're playing someone terrible the week after that, they probably won't even turn up, but they'll be back again when we play someone good, and they won't even get rid of those tickets, and that's why you see empty seats there, and that's why I come on and moan about that stuff, because this is what it all adds up to. No one at the club cares, as long as that seat is filled by anyone, and if it's by someone that's a director of some multinational that lives in Hampstead rather than, um, you know, some middle manager that supported Arsenal all his life. They do not care. He's probably going to pay more in the future. He's probably going to spend more when he's in the stadium. They do that, not care about that. And this, all these little things build up to that. But that sounds to me like you're blaming the fans for something. That I'm not. I'm, I'm blaming people for saying that 
why are you moaning about stuff like that when you moan about all the little things? Because they all ladder up to this big thing. I don't yeah, know. But this most the, people but the people who but that's like blaming the victim. No, 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 no. Look, listen, listen. Most people are perfectly entitled to turn up to those games. I'm not saying right, they pay not. good money. I, I, all these generalizations about the modern day fan. I'm sorry. Hold, hold, hold Let me hold on. You're blaming the victim. We are Arsenal fans. Are there? There are hundreds. So that, you know, there are all, ki- all kinds of different people. There are some of those people you mentioned. There, there are, people are people like us. There the are people who sit in. What? There are people that I, I know people that don't support Arsenal that have season tickets because we're the local club. They don't cheer us on during the games. They couldn't care less whether they, we win or lose. They have season tickets at the club. And so are you telling me? But, but what are you telling okay. me? Accepting that you know some people, I mean, it's like an anecdotal. Who, who cares? I, I don't care. Are you telling me that this is happening? That the billionaire owners of these clubs, it's not just Arsenal, as we know, it's Milan, it's Barcelona, it's Real Madrid. Are you saying they're all, they, this is happening because there are some fans that go to stadiums who aren't necessarily supporters, long time supporters of their clubs, and they go for the entertainment value and they're rich, and that's why it's happening. No, it's happening because the game is the most popular money making billion billion billions game in the world for all kinds of reasons for the tv rights mainly and people like stan Kroenke are exploiting that and to make more money and are doing this for that reason it's like, don't blame the fans for it it was really we all fucking do uh, i no but we're not the we there are we we're not the we if you look at that it's been revealed today that in that presentation the likes of us who've been going to arsenal since we were a lot younger and before you know, well, maybe not Josh, but, um, you know, a long, long time ago, uh, certainly before Arsenal. I know Josh remembers the, the latter Graham years and uh, a bit of Rioch as well. But look, they're not talking about us in that. What they're actually saying, we are, because it was in their presentation, we are legacy fans. It was in the presentation written exactly like that. That's who we are. That's who the people on this podcast are. And the people, the, the other guests that you have on are mostly in that bracket. Um, we're legacy fans, and they've called us that, and they know full well that we will be replaced by people who are seeking entertainment. Now, those people do exist within our season ticket holder base at the moment. I know that for a fact. I'm not blaming. Well, they don't even need. But my point I'm is, I'm blaming the club for. for for generating something that can have that kind of disparity and it will lead to stuff like this. Uh, Alan, do, do you think Arsenal are the only club whereby it's become more about entertainment and about going? Like, I, I think, you know, Tottenham are like the new stadium in town. Just, you know, there was more hospitality demand there. There were more people. There was more fans like that. I think it's it's most clubs. I don't I don't know how much we can just point the finger at. Us. I just feel slightly uncomfortable that we're like. Of course, we're going to have some you know wealthier I'm, fans who are less passionate and shouty. But that is not, part of the club. I'm not. I know somebody bought twenty. I know somebody bought twenty tickets at White Hart Lane at the new White Hart Lane. He's not a Tottenham fan. He bought twenty. Oh, you know, very rich people. Yeah, betting <laughs> world. You, you, you but listen, listen. Someone bought twenty tickets there. Okay, now they did that because they like football and they want to go. And I, but by the way, I'm not begrudging them. And some people did that with West Ham because they saw that it was a, a nice, um, cheap way to introduce kids to see things. And hopefully, the club's policy on that when they increased their app, their their allocation was that. If a guy down the road doesn't particularly support West Ham but brings two kids along, they'll support West Ham in the future because their dad took them to Premier League games. We all get into the game in different ways. And I'm not blaming anyone across that spectrum, whether you've got loads of money to buy a box tomorrow at a club you don't care about. Everyone earns their their right in different ways to watch the game that we love. But if you let that happen in such a way that it's happened everywhere else, you can't complain at this because... This is the ultimate upshot of it. If if you price out the the local Arsenal fan from Islington, that that particularly working class over a course a number of years, this this is going on for a long long time. Then you will eventually have a slightly different fan base, and you'll eventually have a fan base that you can manipulate into saying, you know, this is this is. But great. you can't manipulate this fan base. This fan base is massively turned around. And I, I agree going to Arsenal now is not what it was 
15, 20 years ago. It, it is more entertainment. It is more akin to a night at the theatre. And that is sad and, and disappointing. And that's why I still like going sometimes more to the away games because it feels more like, you know, more like the day out that it, that it used to be. However, at the heart of it is still, it might be the theatre, but it's sporting integrity. It's still fighting to to win something and get there on merit. Like, we're in a weird position now for the first time in however many 25 years where we're going to have three, four, five league games, which really mean nothing. I mean, we've had games that mean nothing, but we still qualify for a Champions League or still qualify to get into uh, the UEFA Cup or Europa League, whatever it's been. But we are going to have dead games. The idea that we are going to have, you know, games that, that just do not matter for us to qualify for something greater is is the massive change and so I don't I, I think you're right about the fan base changing but I don't know if we've changed enough where you could suddenly go oh do you know what all I want to do is watch Inter Milan every year and Juventus and I, just... oh, I, 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 I think you're right and I think that that'll eventually come back and bite them but that's mm. what they think will happen and, and and I think that they've called the mood wrong. I think they've called the mood wrong on that. And those those people won't turn up. Okay. If we're playing Atletico Madrid well, in a 14th versus 15th in the in the Europa, European Super League towards the end of the season, you won't get as many people that would have turned up to that Arsenal-Fulham game yesterday. Okay, I've got a question for you both. So if the structure of this, is, if I read it and understood it correctly, is 20 teams, two groups of 10, everyone plays everyone home and away, then it's quarterfinals, semifinals, final um, as we go through. So that's 18 group games. Do you think right now, let's say Arsenal can stay in the Premier League, so they do remain in the Premier League, we're still but we're going to have 18 European Super League fixtures, nine home ones. Do you think the Emirates will be full for all nine of those home European no. Super League games? Absolutely no, not. of course not. Two no. or three maximum. And, yeah. and, 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 oh, and that's one why. And do you one think of those the club think be, they will be. Yeah, they do. They they definitely do. And and the funny thing is, is that the ones that will probably have the highest demand will be our games against the other English clubs within it. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's which just the why, first thing about this. Yes, which is why there's nothing. Fans are powerless in the situation. What can we do? We can't do anything. And, and, and in fact, I think it's a slight red herring, I have to say. I know what you're saying about the slow, well, you know, the, the kind of, the show pacification. <laughs> I've invented that word. Of, but that's global. That's around the world. I, you know, even including, even including Bundesliga, right, where, and those teams, interestingly, are not taking part in it. And of course, they have a, a large fan, fan, fan ownership section percentage they, of, of, of Bundesliga big teams, right? But, but they're they still... They have the ownership rule that you right. the, the 51%. Yeah. And, right. and, and that, that's what maintains their integrity. Right. In so, right. But what I'm about to say is that's the only way that we as fans have a say is if that was imposed. And that needs governments to do it. That's political situation. Jeremy Corbyn has mooted that, you know, in the last election, I believe. <laughs> you know, that, that's what that, that takes a big political move. That, as it is now, the way that we, the way that, that the government effectively and UEFA, etc., and the Premier League allow multi-billionaire foreign people who don't give a shit about football to own our clubs means we cannot do anything. And in fact, my next question is, and it, it, you know, I generally think we're totally powerless in the situation, no matter how many rich, no matter how many of us are legacy fans and how many of us are new, new the new fan. It's irrelevant. I think it's a red herring. It has to be either a political thing, and I watched Oliver Dowd and the the, the, the um, government spokesman saying they will do something. What? Who knows what the fuck they'll do? And then also, it take. I look at the managers and players. I really do. I'm fascinated to see as we speak. It's, it's six o'clock tonight. Liverpool are on TV playing Leeds. What's Klopp going to say? Klopp. I mean, you know, I, I tweeted this yesterday. Klopp is a known, you know, left wing socialist. He believes in egalitarianism in football. He comes from that German tradition, obviously, and he's and he's passionate about Liverpool doing the right. So how can he? How what does he? What's he going to say? He can't go along with this. And I think if the League Managers Association and the PFA and the player all got together, that's that's where the power lies. But I can't see it happening. I'd assume. I mean, yeah, they've definitely got more of a voice than the fans, even though we've got social media, we've got podcasts, we've got things like that. But obviously, yeah, Jurgen Klopp will be, as you say, interviewed pre and post this game tonight and you would expect him to be uh, questioned on this 
I would also expect Liverpool's PR team and media team to have had him fully briefed all day on the kind of answer that he should be giving. Now, whether or not he goes off piste, you, you never know. I mean, like like you say, he is the kind of person that does have his own thoughts on this kind of thing, whether it be political or uh, motivated within sport. So, I, yeah, I mean, it will be very interesting to see what he says. Um, but I would be angry, of, I have to say. There yeah. are a couple of players already today, um, women's players that have uh, tweeted against this and have been asked to, to delete their tweets, I believe, uh, by oh, really? the that they, they represent. Um, so, Ozil tweeted about it very strongly. Yeah. Yeah. See that? Yeah. And, uh, good for him. Well, but my, but I, I will be angry. He's not going to be involved, isn't he? No, no, I know. It's easy for him, yeah. But I, what I find infuriating, I mean, apart from the whole thing is infuriating, but I think it's really unfair to expect fans to be able to do anything. I, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll go on marches and blah, 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 of course, and we can raise banners, but we are fucking powerless. Whereas I'd be really angry if the managers and players feel they can't do anything because they're being told by the PRs of their teams they can't say anything. They have fucking... But I, what can the, te- what can the teams the reality? do? If Klopp walks out... No, no, let me finish. If Klopp, if Klopp and Arteta you know, refuse to go along with this thing and say what they really think of it. What can the clubs do? What are the clubs can do? Sack them? What are the they'll, clubs going to do? Sack all the players? They'll be sacked until people that want to earn lots of money start to replace them. So the quality might diminish. Um, well, players go on strike? Could be that. But if you, I was going to say, you said fans haven't got uh, an influence in this. Now, I mentioned AFC Wimbledon earlier. They managed to, their fans managed to turn around a bad decision, albeit over a long period of time. But I want, to, I want you to cast your minds back to the first ever Premier League game that Arsenal had at Highbury that was live on Sky TV. We played Manchester City. It was the late September 1992 in that first season. And it's, it's remembered for the halftime incident with the band called The Shaman. And they were booed off the pitch. They were booed during their set of two songs. And also the cheerleaders that were on the pitch at the same time were booed off. Sky had fireworks, cheerleaders and bands at halftime during all of their Monday night football. It was so badly received by the fans that they stopped doing it before the, before the season was out. So don't think you can't make a difference. It's just once people express a dislike I... on something... It, it, you know these kind of but this is of a messages. Th- this is a different magnitude, isn't it? It is. But this is this look, is. Look at the outpouring today. You know, you've got Ian Wright in saying absolutely shameful. A, a club legend replying to a tweet from the club that you know how far do these guys think they've got it wrong? Oh, of course, of course. What I'm saying is, it needs that's what it, it needs. Ian Wright. It needs the it needs actual current players. I, I, I honestly, I think it, I, I I can't see. You know, I can't. The comparison between, you know, I remember that moment, yeah, but that's a, a magnitude of difference between us being able to do anything about this. So, just re- looking at this, you know, recent development, um, Simon Evans tweeted not so long ago. I mean, this is getting sick, really, and this is incredibly disturbing. I think the whole thing is so sick and twisted. But UEFA's Danish Exco member, Jesper Moller, says he expects Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Man City to be kicked out of the Champions League semi finals this week. The clubs must go, he said, and I expect that to happen on Friday. Then we work out how to finish this season's Champions League. I mean, this is well, amazing. Alan, Alan, what price to PSG to win the Champions League? We might have to lump on with you. No, 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 no. I was just about to say this. Leicester today went 20-1 to 1 to win the Premier League this season. This season. Wow. And mathematically, that's not possible. That's not possible. West Ham went a short price to win the Premier League today. Again, mathematically, that's not possible, but you've got here that um, PSG went to went for a short price. They're now currently trading favourites for the Champions League. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, basically, a, bun- a bunch of billionaire morons are, are are literally ruining the game as we speak. We, I mean, we should take a break, I, 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 Boyd. Let's take a break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. 
from dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. Josh, you wanted to uh, say something. Here's the thing that I, I can't get away from, and I mentioned it earlier. For the clubs to put out a statement, it, it's not bluffing, which is why I think they really do think this is happening. Right? I, 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 I've come around to that sad conclusion that I don't, it's not bluffing. The, the UEFA proposals to redesign the Champions League are not going to be enough for them. They're not interested in 36 teams because they'll take the view that you could have looked at the 32 teams going into the Champions League this season. You would have, out of the 16 to make the round of 16, you probably would have got all but one or two right. Then with the quarterfinals, you get all. So they've just taken the view, we don't, we don't need that many more teams in it. So for them to go about this, they've all discussed it. They've known it. Their lawyers have gone to the hill to work out they can't be kicked out of their current leagues. And they're going to take a view. So I think this is happening. That's what, I've, that's what I'm going to come around to the conclusion of. Um, and I think we as fans are all just going to desperately hold on that, that we're still part of a, of a Premier League and we're going to have to... We're going to have to like it or lump it, and it will be fascinating if that's the case. What happens with season ticket holders? Who, how many want to renew? How many don't? What would you do right now, Boyd? Let me give you a scenario right now. You, Boydo, Dan, all you mates, you know who you sit with. Arsenal are in the Premier League next year, but we're in the European Super League, and you know that's the situation. Are you renewing right now? No, no, no. No, I, I I think this is disgusting. As I said, perversion of football. I can't go. Yeah. I can't. I think it's. I also think. Do we still you know, do a podcast? Some legal... Void, if you're not going, do we still do this podcast? <laughs> yeah, we still do the podcast. But I'll tell you, on the basis that it's fun, I like seeing you every week, Josh. Um, and right. you know, and the guests we get, and it's fun. And the same way that going to football, I enjoy going to our um, Turkish our Turkish meal before we go on, you know, Buckstock Road. Um, we have a lovely time. We have a, you know, we have a few drinks, and it's the whole experience. Yeah, it's a joy. So we can carry on having the experience without having to watch us in some fucking useless Disney competition between a bunch of overblown moronic billionaires owning owning clubs. Yes, Alan. Surely the the price of the season ticket will go up because you're, you'd already go way past the the cup boundaries oh, yeah. we have uh, yeah. with the nine nine European Super League games plus nineteen Premier League games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're yeah. you're at, at twenty eight already, and then FA Cup, League Cup. I'm sure. Um, I mean, they'll they'll ditch the League Cup. I'm pretty sure they'll probably make the FA Cup some kind of reservist competition that um, the League Cup suddenly become and maybe make it that you have a 28-game season ticket which will cost an absolute fortune and you'll be charged more for the, the quarterfinals and semifinals if we get to them. Um, yeah, I'm not going to. Or, what about you, Josh? What's the answer to your question from you? really don't know. Um, I hate the idea of it because I also then think, well, in my head I was like, I wonder if you could just go to the Premier League games and boycott this. But then what's the point of the Premier League? What are you trying to... You could win it, but then... They're making... The whole thing thing obviously becomes mockery. I don't know. It would be... um, I don't know. Uh, I I think more people would would probably keep their season tickets than we we first think. Um, It would certainly make me really like... I've been talking about it with the... You know, I do go to Leighton Orient in in, in normal non-COVID times, probably six, eight times a season. It would certainly make that way more appealing. But if the Premier League cannot kick out out Arsenal... I think the Premier League can. By the way, I I think this whole legal thing, I've had a lot... Well, first of all, I was really interested in about FIFA. The FIFA has an incredible amount of power in a kind of quasi-legal way, basically... You know, the FIFA, everyone, once everyone agrees to the governance of FIFA, FIFA can pretty much do whatever the fuck it wants, basically. And and, and can, and seemingly FIFA, with their statement, was against, was against the, the European Super League. No, and no, apparently no. tomorrow they're going to come out more strongly 
against the European Super League. I, I, I get why everyone's very, very, you know, against it internally. But like these 12 clubs, I mean, we saw Man City's legal power in their case against UEFA. I mean, it, it, there were, you know, however many lawyers from the, like, I cannot believe that these multi billion pound companies have come together and not really gone down far down that road of all their legal teams working on every possible scenario. Because a lot of people, when it was like four o'clock yesterday, and it seemed to be people were talking about, oh, they don't want to be part of the Premier League. This is going to not be involving the Premier League. That's what they were even talking about on the radio and Sky. Mm. And then obviously it has come out that the clubs are very much planning to still be part of their domestic leagues and, and but, also take part in this but, competition. So I just think the amount of legal work that must have gone in for them to decipher that they feel they they cannot be removed from their leagues is is significant. No, because it's a, sorry, one, I, I, I see what you mean, but it's more of a tactical. It's more of a ta- their assumption is they're so uh, you know, and the assumption may well be right. They're so they have such belief in their own importance to the to the system that they think they'll never get that far. Whereby, I mean, first of all, the Premier League. Can't it wouldn't expel needs a vote of two thirds of its own clubs. So it wouldn't. There are enough clubs involved in this breakaway to not vote for the Premier League. It takes the FA and the UEFA and FIFA effectively, and possibly the government, to take that decision rather than Premier League. But, but certainly, the, taking measures like banning players from playing in, the, in, in for their national team and all those things, from what I've heard, what, I mean, we're, none of us are legal experts. Those things can absolutely be done if if they if they so feel they they need to do them. Those measures can be taken. Um, the, the, the other fourteen clubs can surely vote the other six out because they all they all hold rights. That would be over two two thirds. That would be a majority over two thirds. Um, so they, <laughs> they, they, mean, they, Matt, I read that that that's the reason could, that, uh, they could on. they could vote them out in in that respect. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure my maths is right on that. It's just <laughs> yeah. about yeah, fourteen is just about what you would need. Thirteen seven wouldn't work, um, but 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 fourteen six would definitely work. Correct. Um, but I was just about to say, imagine, imagine this: if we suddenly got good at football again, and we're playing uh, uh, maybe at home on a, a Wednesday night to go two points clear in the Premier League table with a game left, and on the Saturday, oh, can I just interrupt you very quickly? Sorry, Alan. This is the this is Darren Arsenal tweeted this. The EPL can't kick the six out of the league because they need three quarters of EPL three clubs to back quarters. in. The well, so that's, that's my option. my mistake. Not two thirds, three quarters. Carry oh, on. Right, okay. Well that makes that makes much more sense mathematically. Um but yeah, imagine that. You've got a Tuesday night game to go two points clear in the Premier League with a game left uh, the following week. But we rest players because we got a Super League semi-final yeah. at the weekend. You're suddenly diminishing your main product, even if you stay in that main product of the Premier League, you're diminishing it to such an extent that it almost becomes irrelevant oh, and nobody cares about of it. Of course, 100%. And, and it's insane. Why, why would you care more about the one that you haven't earned? Uh, it comes back to my original point. Earning something is far more important than actually being handed it. And But not if you stand cranky. Well, I guess so, but then... You know what? There's only so much money you can have. There's only <laughs> so much money. You, you haven't have. met American billionaires. You haven't met American right wing billionaires. There's not so much money they can have. That's the problem. That is the problem. Really? Uh, well, me, then, you know. uh, um, yeah. Okay. Listen, well, I mean, I'm, I'm lost. Maybe I'm in too idealistic mode to to say. You know, it is shocking. They're all wheeling out. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, just, just I've mentioned this before about the tweeting thing, what's fascinating, because Arsenal tweeted unbelievably proudly, didn't they? Because yeah. the tweets were all slightly different. Arsenal's one was like, we, Arsenal, are at the forefront of this fucking European Super League. Isn't it great? Whereas, interesting, Liverpool didn't, Liverpool's version of their tweet was like, top teams in Europe are establishing a European Super League, almost like not admitting that they're actually part of it <laughs> in their tweet. And I thought you know, that was fascinating. And Man United apparently didn't even tweet anything for like no, hours on end. They, they didn't. But I tell you what, um, this has been, and I know this for a fact because it's uh, it's all monitored, this has been the quietest ever day on Arsenal's Twitter account since it was formed. They usually yeah. have a policy where they will tweet every 10 to 5 minutes they have not tweeted 
for 18 hours. Wow, what a great fact. This is why we love you, man. This is why you're... This is why you're... So, and so what do you think that is? Do you think that's like some poor incredible. Arsenal media manager has been frog-marched out of the club <laughs> by Stan Kroenke's youngest son? I would I would love it to be someone's been so principled. He's locked the account and the password yeah. and just walked yeah. out. Brilliant. And Someone said, has done some... I don't He's want given it. I reckon it's more likely the media team saying we're getting so many bad replies to this one. Can you just uh, try and let it die itself out? It won't though. Twenty-seven thousand replies already. Thirty-six thousand retweets. Astonishingly, astonishingly, and this is where fan base, worldwide fan base, the kind of guys I get replying to me from. Nigeria and India and places like that that have great love for our club and they're definitely entitled to do so, but then start telling me more about the club than a game I've just actually been at. <laughs> These guys really do love the club to the point where they probably do like this. They probably do like this. They Some of them, do. but not all of them. Not I've seen loads of I've seen loads of American fans. Loads what of the kids, what the kids call ratios, Boyd. It's it's on ratios at the moment. But you don't know, but ratio doesn't show whether you agree or disagree with it. Yeah, with and also thing. Twitter. If you're liking it, 40,000 people liking it probably suggests that it does have at least, looking at the responses, at least 33%, a third of fans that are liking this from the people that follow us. Alan, you should do a, a poll on your Twitter and, and therefore polls would be a better indicator maybe than uh, than 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 anything else you... Um, well, no, uh, surely the Arsenal at, at, at Arsenal podcast is exactly the place to do this. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think I, the vast majority, I was listening to Five Live all day, I've been watching Sky Sports News, I've been, you know, looking at Twitter, the, va- the vast majority of fans of these teams are furious about it. But 40,000 people have liked that tweet from, from the club. How many now, followers have they got? Uh, a few million. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's not that many. It's, I, you know, I, I just think you can't tell. I don't... Anyway. Here's the be, thing. Every single, every single, by the way, every single, you know, every single press conference, every interview, it's going to be, this is, it's already ruining football just by that, that everyone's fucking going to be having to answer about this thing. And it's not their decision. It's not that, that's what's so... What do you guys think Arteta's response will be? Uh, he, will. he will. He will toe the party line. He will say, he will... He 100%. Will, he's towing he the party line. So's Pep. Klopp is interesting. Klopp is interesting. Klopp's, Klopp's the one I'm interested in seeing. Klopp's the yeah. one. And I have to say, if he doesn't, I, I will be disappointed. I love Klopp. You know, I've said it before on this, on this many times, um, how much I admire him and like him. I think he's brilliant. Um, but... I will be. I think. I think a lot of Liverpool fans are going to be are waiting for this moment to see what he says, and he's got to deal with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. Either they don't let him do, you know, normally on Monday Night Football, they have, as Alan said, they interview pre-post, and they also normally do a live with him, a live, you know, yeah. chat with him at the end, presuming Liverpool win. Maybe they might not even win. Um, that's not going to happen, I assume. But he's going to have to address it because he's supposed to be... People... And there are others, not just him. I'm not putting the whole, you know, the whole future of the European Super League fight back on Jurgen Klopp. But there has to be more principled action and, and statements taken by people who actually a, have the power. There was there was some fake news this morning that Mourinho's departure in Tottenham was because yeah. Yeah. he Imagine decided that. he wouldn't... Right. He wouldn't Imagine Mourinho taking a stand. I, I think he would, though. I like the guy. And we know you like the guy. You think it's better than just quickly. We should talk. We must talk a little bit about the game yesterday, and maybe even a little bit about the the, the triumph on Thursday. But Alan, on what basis do you say Jose Marino is a better manager than Arsene Wenger? Just to get that clarified. Uh, so many that I can probably reel off five off the top of my head straight away. Um, his European record, his record against Arsene Wenger, his overall record in leading different teams in different countries to titles. And has he won more than Arsene Wenger? Yes, he has. I mean, the, the, I mean, the number of trophies, there's, there's, there's so many different metrics where you could put um, Mourinho ahead. But, sorry, the reason that I tweeted that earlier is that Mourinho, for me, he, he and it's not about, it's not, this isn't really an Arsene Wenger thing. It's, it's more that Mourinho, for me, suddenly became some kind of pantomime villain for 
almost an acceptance of mediocrity at Arsenal. So always pointing to him saying, oh, he's spending loads of money at Chelsea. And, oh, isn't it great that Arsenal didn't shake his hand after the community shield? Almost an outward focus for all this rage of, of how we've declined, rather than actually looking at looking at where we were going wrong and saying, come on, you know, we can, we can challenge this guy. No, no, no. And, and just moaning about him. So... I see him as it's just this illustration about about downturn. As but a isn't that isn't that because that's not because of that though, isn't it? The reason why we are speaking personally, and I think speaking for a lot of Arsenal fans and just fans of all in general, we think he's a gigantic prick. And one of the and the, and if it had been no no no, no, no. if it had been Klopp, no, no 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 if it had been Klopp, oh, you entitled not to think he's a gigantic prick. That's a different matter. But. I have most, a lot of evidence. I think evidence is week in, week out of his prickness of uh, being a twat. And that's why we, we hate, don't like him. And that's why we laugh and, and find it funny that he's been sacked from Tottenham today. Why do you think Tottenham sacked him? If he's so good, why have to, there's something in the league, they're above us. What, what, what is it about him then? That if he's so brilliant, why he should have been like the, the greatest thing ever happened to Spurs, but it's clearly not. Well, I don't think Spurs would win trophies with, with anyone. They, 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 they got to the final of the Champions years, League under the previous manager. Yeah, and they lost quite comfortably. Well, so, they don't go anywhere near that under this manager, have they? You don't think they've declined under this manager? Possibly, but I'm but talking your about metric, his overall Come on, you're giving him a lot of... I feel you're giving Jose Mourinho because of, I think you're giving him more credit than he deserves. He's certainly done brilliant things <laughs> earlier in his career, like Arsene Wenger did, but he's t- completely lost it, hasn't he? he has, his man that. management is literally... <laughs> goes against the... the, um, the, the uh, it goes against the whole process of listen, football. Listen, this is a guy that managed to win the Champions League with a club from the seventh best league in Europe. Years ago, Arsene Wenger managed to win the double with Arsenal. Manager. Twice. The reason that I make the comparison today is that because people have used his presence in the English game as almost an excuse for our own failings and made him out to be that pantomime villain that Arsene Wenger could never be and oh Not really Arsene, it wasn't like know, that it wasn't like that with Mourinho always got the better of him well he did always get the better of him because he was better than him and it's <laughs> not about that but he had way more money than we did he won the Champions League with Porto. No, when he beat Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. Two you know, yep. when he beat Arsene Wenger, when he came to this country, the, the, the history of it, as you know, Arsenal, Arsenal yeah, at that no, point. But, but for no, but okay, but their record against each other, even if you took account of the money. Yeah. We're still so far in Mourinho's favour. Okay, we'll move on. Josh is getting frustrated. I think. I think you. I because think... Uh, obviously, uh, I'm making <laughs> very good points to diminish Arsene Wenger, and whenever I do that, Josh doesn't like it. So. I think it's I, okay. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. I still want to know Josh's percentage for how the club <laughs> in its current form no. is to do with Arsene Wenger. He's still Not never that answered that one. <laughs> Let's. I, can I, my, you, Alan, we, we might only have about six podcasts left ever. We don't want to waste it on that sort of stuff. No, we're carrying on. We could carry on. Boy, this kind on. of thing. How are you carrying on? What are you going to watch? The, are you going to watch the games then from home? You just won't go in person? Is that where you're at? Yeah. How, I how mean, you're not getting my happen? money. I'm not spending my money. There's a difference between. I, I don't, you know. If, they want, so they right. want you watching on TV, boy. Well, you know. That's that. Listen on the radio. You I can listen on Five Live, maybe. I, subs- I listen on Five Live, and I subscribe to Disney Plus. That will probably be on anyway. So you know, I'm, <laughs> no, I you to probably watch get Disney it Plus. comped, Boyd, with your job probably. Of course, so I get it comped. Pay. Of course, I get it comped. I get Sky <laughs> comped as well. Yeah, I'm fine. I think I, I'm. Oh, I'm, right, I'm sorry to say, it, but I I think um, in some guys, this, this is all happening. And we're going to have to decide whether whether we go along or not, and it'll be fascinating. Imagine oh, yeah. that first group game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, we must. I, don't, touch I, I just don't think it's got this far. My biggest, I can't get it. It's got, it hasn't gone this far for them to go. Oh shit! The Premier League could have kicked us out. We didn't realize. Like no way. No, no we know way. We, we know the Premier League's not going to kick them out. We've established. And you, if I'm, but and, and do you know what? They can't. To these inter- to, but hang on. You know, right right now, how many players are pulling out of international duty? This is the biggest music in the world to these clubs, that their players can't go off on international duty. And it will be down to the players. It will be down to a player to go, am I willing to go and be involved in, in that? That means I can't play for Brazil for the three years I go and sign for Juventus. But then PSG have got loads of money, so I'll go to them. And then I can go back to playing for my country. I mean, it's crazy. 
There will not be. I'm sorry. I just think I think everyone's doing the outrage. I just haven't seen or heard much yet about. I don't know at what point people might start doing acceptance. It feels like grief, right? We're all going through grief at the moment because football's changing, and it'll be interesting. At no, no, no. Point, is it? Is it like when? When does the radio and the TV? I understand start what changing? you're saying. Yeah, look, Josh, I, I understand what you're saying, to... but what you're what you're forgetting is it's not. It's more than grief. It doesn't make any sense. This move does not make I'm any with sense. You. You've I, got I no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, it makes so little sense that it will not happen. Is my belief in the format that it's being mooted to happen? It will not happen. You cannot have sense to a who? basically random bunch of teams that don't include PSG, not, the big the German teams, France and Europe. They're not random. They're random. Josh, we're ninth in the league and we're one of them. Yeah, Tottenham are one of them. Are that is the definition listen, of fucking random. I am not. I, I desperately hate this. It's, it is no, the no, end of football no, as we know it. I I'm hate not it, but we are one of the big on brands of European football. It's, but what I'm saying is, but other big brands of European football aren't in it. So it's not, there's no, there's no criteria of logic behind this tournament being proposed and if there's no criteria of logic it cannot ha- it might this is just we're all expressing our opinion i feel it's doomed and it's a non-starter in this format and this without those teams you can't have you're basically it's like saying i'm gonna pick for, it is random on, on that basis i know it's not literally random it's been but it actually effectively is random because so many of the great teams of Europe aren't even in this fucking thing. It's supposed to be the super thing of the great teams of Europe. So it's a non-starter for that reason. Once PSG went, no, 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 no. That's why particularly, it's almost more than the fact that it's just crap Arsenal and crap Spurs are part of it. It's more that the best teams in Germany and the best team in France or the biggest team in France aren't taking part. That means it's because kind their of owners fucked. don't want to do it. Yeah, but it's fucked because of that, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Alan, you may disagree as well. I just think even if those guys were involved, and I still think it's it's still you're not earning it. Yeah, and and that. Oh, yeah, uh, I've got. I, 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 agree. I think we're talking about whether um, it will happen, aren't we? The likelihood of it. I think I, I I think it will happen. I've just got to agree with Josh. I just, I just think that they to to send out that tweet and nothing else today is is a bizarre thing. Um, there's some Liverpool fans that have turned up at Leeds actually, just ahead of the tonight's game with banners. Already protesting yeah, uh, outside against uh, outside uh, Ellen Road against it. Um, it's a good job the game against Fulham was so bad that, that, that <laughs> we haven't mentioned today. it. We yeah, did. I was going to mention. Then you you went bang, you started banging on about the Super League. I was exactly doing that, Josh. Yeah. I'm blaming you. Right. Can we quickly talk about yesterday? Uh, here's my thing, just to say quickly. Like Gary Neville was very funny in his rant. I thought he was brilliant. That rant was like scripted by like a genius writer because he he said uh, at one point in the middle of it he was going on about Arsenal being a total shambles after that game we played. And I don't think we were that bad. I really, if Martinelli had scored that goal in the first fucking minute, there was just just didn't go in. Imagine that we would have won that game 3-4-0, I'm sorry. And we had plenty of opportunities. We had some really, Pepe's won. We had enough chances really good chances. The penalty was dodgy. We had a do- offside that was a toenail. You know, all it's unlucky. I thought we were unlucky. I'm not saying we played well. We played well enough to win that game. We were unlucky, is my opinion about that game. The other bit about the Gary Neville thing was pretty much he didn't even give a shit about Spurs, which is an amazing moment in the middle of the whole thing. But I didn't think we were that bad. Alan, were we that bad? Was it that terrible? Was it that shambolic? I once again think thought that I was operating in a different universe from other, other Arsenal fans and it, it must just be me but I was quite comfortable with the, the lineup. I was comfortable with the fact that it was end of season there's nothing really to play for in the league. I thought that some of the players could have probably staked more of a claim for their Europa League place which is now the priority which is now classed as the, the first team but actually um, I, I I didn't have as much rage about it. I mean, look, we're not we're, we're going to finish somewhere mid-table in the Premier League. The priority up until the announcement was obviously the Europa League. <laughs> Maybe the players knew yesterday. God. It's not worth being in that Europa League team because it, it's not going to achieve anything anyway. But I, I was comfortable with the fact it was just a, a poor end-of-season game. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I, I think it was um, it was good to get something from the game. I know it, it won't really count for anything come come the end of the season, but just in terms of you know keeping up momentum and and, and going into these European games, you know, not on the back of a home defeat to Fulham uh, would have been huge. And 
I don't know. It just felt on, a, on another day, Martinelli scores after whatever it was, 70 seconds, and Sabas had a count. I, I don't think it was by any means one of our worst performances. You know, if you again, we think back to November, December. Yeah. You know, the performances it were wasn't a, like that. Hell of yeah, a lot people worse. were saying it, it was it like wasn't that. one of them. No. Um, and yeah, just to 18 really shots avoid we had. defeat. Five yeah, on fr- frust- frustrating no. because just with that Everton Tottenham draw on Friday night, you just thought, oh, you never know. Just just get yourselves in chance because obviously we've got Everton coming up in the league. So to have to have had the draw go the way, if we could have beaten Fulham, if we then could have beaten Everton, then you then you just start to think about what what could be. But um, alas, it's um, yeah. It, it, if if we, if there was any doubt about sort of struggling to finish. Uh, for European qualification in the league, I, I suspect that is that is almost certainly over now. Although Alan probably can tell us the odds on Arsenal finishing what, whatever whatever it would need to be to to qualify for Europe. Uh, where we are at the moment, I think it was something like naught point naught 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 one percent of top four, which is mathematically just about, but isn't going to happen. And then it's about a ten to one chance of doing it in in the top six for a Europa League place. If Chelsea um, win the top, if Chelsea, if Chelsea get into the Champions League right in the top four and they win the Europa League, what happens then? Uh, Ch- Chelsea... Sorry, not Chelsea, Man United. Man United, uh, I meant. Man United. Yeah. Um, so the maximum you can have is five. So if Arsenal and Man U... Uh, sorry, if Arsenal won the Europa League and... Chelsea won the Champions League, yet both finished outside the top four, then only the top three places would go into the Champions League. Okay. So the maximum you can have is uh, is five in any one of those um in any one, one of those combinations or scenarios, yeah. Right. Can we just say we were brilliant that, that attacking performance against Prague, you know, Saka, Smith Rowe, Pepe. Martinelli came yeah. when he came on. I mean, we have to be so I, 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 one of the tragedies. I'm using the word tragedy, one of, of what's happened since this whole Europe super, European Super League is it's now, you know, it's coming at a time when we've just, we've got hope that we've got some brilliant, brilliant youngsters, I think, who, you know, once we get rid of the fucking deadwood of our older players, um, shall we say, I think, the, you know, the future's looking great. It's just a case of whether the manager's up to getting that performance out of them on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you won't have to worry about watching them next season, Boyd. You'll be, uh, you'll be. No, we shouldn't laugh. It's terribly sad. It was. I'm not going to have my team. By the way, just I'm not going to have my team removed from my interests by by fucking San Cronky. That's my. But I'm not going to pay them. You're you're quite right. I'm I'm missing. And look, I'll cut. We'll we'll go for. We can go for a meal before the game, and then just go home. (laughs) That might be what. No, that's what we're mooting in the in in our in our chat with Derma and Dan, and yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm in for I'm in for all that. Yeah. I, I just think that uh, that first 30, 35 minutes, in, I mean, that was the most enjoyable we've had watching Arsenal since maybe the cup final last year, wasn't it? It was oh, just, yeah. you know, such a rare uh, moment of comfort, comfortable joy and brilliant attacking football from, you know, from us that just made you, you know, it, it's been the story of our season though, isn't it? A result that makes you feel very positive, followed by one that just takes you down a, a peg or two. Um, and there's just not been any any level of consistency, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously Villarreal, Alan, if you, if you are we we are favourites, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we're, to, to, we're slight slight favourites against Villarreal. Although someone's just tweeted now that it is a Villarreal Roma final <laughs> already, <laughs> yeah. been, already been uh, decided. Yeah. So Villarreal won five one at the weekend, didn't they? Unai Emery's Villarreal, and the Unai Emery team with flowing attacking football, you must have been absolutely ridded with fear on the sidelines when they went 3-4-0 up in that. I yeah. Believe. yeah. As um, it stands right now, do you think we're going to beat Villarreal in that, in that, in the two legs? Assuming that the, 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 the competition goes ahead and we're still in it. Um, it's, I, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think we will just sneak it. I think... Is that because Arteta's a slightly better manager than Unai Emery? <laughs> I don't think it will prove it either way, the result of this game. But actually, now I've thought about it a little more, Unai Emery probably has the defensive players and defensive nows to win a two-leg tie against 
Arteta, regardless of whether or not who's the better manager. But I, I think that's what that's what might actually catch Arteta out here. If this was just a one-off game, if this was the final, yeah. I'd probably say that we'd, be, we'd, we'd do it comfortably. But now I'm not so sure. And, um, uh, you know, he's the master of these two-legged games in, in yeah, yeah. competition. Uh, his, his record is... I mean, I, I'm just trying to think back. That when's the last time he would have lost a two-leg game in in this competition? Did they not win it the year before he was appointed our boss? And obviously, he didn't lose one with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went three in a row. Yeah, yeah. So no, you're right. Yeah, it must be years. Yes, so it years. must be years. So, um, oh god, I'm not that confident. No, no me neither. And the actual the actual prediction we have to do, obviously, is for Friday's game, Friday night against Everton. Uh, tough one to predict, isn't it? That one, I think. Wouldn't it be great to be able to go to that game on a Friday? Oh yeah, it'd be lovely. Um, I think um, we don't look as motivated at the moment, and I, I, I'm fine with that. I think as long as we put our first team or what what seems to be our first team into the Europa League matches, so. I think I think it could be another a draw, maybe two two. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. Damn. Um, I'm going to go for a surprise win. I think we'll rustle enough energy. Maybe Aubameyang might be back. I mean, Lacazette could be. We don't know what's happening with injury. Maybe Aubameyang will be back. Lacazette his... looks out for a while, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Um, and Kessia, so... I mean, it's it's almost. Maybe, yeah. I think Martinelli was a great. Is it? That, I mean, like, you know, him playing. He, I thought he was fantastic. So, yeah. you know, for him to, to who know, I, I'm going to go for a two-one um, victory. Josh. Yeah, I mean, Everton are in a really horrible run of form, aren't they? I mean, they've, they've I think, only drawn all their games so far this month. You know, Tottenham, Brighton, Everton, and, they, and even going back to that, they went out of the cup to City and lost at home to Burnley and, and, and sort of Chelsea. So they, they've been in a pretty poor run of form. So um, I'm actually going to go with you, Boyd. I think if, you know, if the level of performance is right, we can win. So I'll say 2-1 to Arsenal. Excellent. Well... It's been an emotional, um, sometimes fraught uh, podcast, but Alan has ever brilliant value. Um, Good guys. Yeah, and uh, I mean, who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah, it's, it's disturbing times, <laughs> but we'll be back. Whatever happens next week uh, with this podcast, that's for sure. Cheers, Josh. Cheers, Alan. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.